Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Oi, oi, I'm Jimmy Bullard, and this is me old muck of Venus. We're back together, son, how are ya? Hi, Bully, great to be back working with you. What are we doing here, though? We're starting a football club in podcast form. The only thing we know, it's called FC Bullard. After that, it's all up for grabs. So, we haven't got any players, we haven't got a kit, we haven't got a club badge, we haven't got a stadium. Correct. FC Bullard. Welcome to the club. This is a crowd podcast. Hello, I'm Geraint Thomas. And I'm Tom Fordyce. And you've just entered the Geraint Thomas Cycling Club, brought to you by Zwift. Jump on your Zwift Hub One and jump into Zwift. Welcome along. Oh, hello, G, and a very happy Christmas to you. Hello, Tom. Um, I think we should maybe let our listeners into a little secret, though, and we're actually recording this before Christmas. But let's just pretend that we've just enjoyed the best Christmas day ever. Yeah, I like it. Okay, in that case, without getting too tangled up in the tenses, um, did, will, you ride your bike on Christmas Day? (laughs) No. Um, I used to when I was younger, but obviously I'm in max now. And as I said, in the uh, the pod, he's four, so he's proper excited. So, yeah, Christmas Day, I'll be fully on, uh, well, in the house, enjoying life. But, um, yeah, so, so I've run you through my what we do then. Yes, please. Okay, so morning. We're mixing up a bit this year. We're having a bit of, I don't know if I mentioned this to you, but a bit of an open house style thing. Just mentioned it to a few people, you know, come over for an hour if you want in the morning. So people are going to drop in. Sars already bought the the canapes. Nice. They're ready to go. Yeah, I've I'm on cocktail duty as I am most years. So. Dangerous. Yeah, I was thinking for this though, right? Just maybe just doing some sort of Christmas punch. Bit easier then, isn't it? Just one bowl, isn't one it? People. Yeah, exactly. Um, and maybe a Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary would be nice, mm. wouldn't it? Are you going to make the Bloody Marys individually? I think you probably have to. You can't really have a bowl of Bloody Mary because it just looks like tomato soup. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think I'll have to make them individually, but it's kind of a, it's like Marmite, isn't it? I think a lot of people, it's a love-hate thing. So I love a tomato stew, hates a Bloody Mary, so. Really? Um, what about the celery? The celery puts people off, doesn't it? Oh, I love a bit of celery in there. Do you? Yeah, I had one in um, LA recently and they put a bit of steak sauce in there. Oh, steak so sauce? Good. Yeah. <sighs> These Americans. <laughs> um yeah, so a bit of steak sauce, a bit of Worcestershire sauce as well. They they didn't know how to say it. Worcestershire. Worcester. Yeah. Um, yeah. But any other suggestions of cocktails then, Tom? I try and mix it up. I try and do a different one every year, but... You can't go wrong with a nice GNC on Christmas Day, can you? That's true. That is true. Old-fashioned. But... I mean, you're not going to, you know, you're not going to win the awards for inventiveness, but you're going to leave a lot of very happy punters. <laughs> Yeah, but it's quite early though as well though, isn't it? Half 10 to sort of half 12. What about a little Prosecco something? A little Prosecco on, on peach juice? Yeah, is that a mimosa? 
potentially. Something like that, innit? Yeah. Just sounds a bit... Yeah, I might do mimosas then. That's pretty easy, innit? I'll do a punch. Actually, there'll be a lot of them, won't it? A punch. Keep forgetting what it's called. Bloody Mary. And a mimosa. Yeah. Pwah. I won't remember having a Christmas dinner. We're like this, right? Um, so what do you have for, for Christmas dinner then, Tom? Being a veggie and all that? Well, it's... um. It's, it's changed over the years. At one point, I had something disgusting called a tofurkey, which I honestly do Oof. not recommend. Um, and now, because I'm a slightly cheaty fish-eating vegetarian, I generally have a nice bit of yeah. fish. Might be a nice bit of trout, something like that. Turbo, uh, Turbot, I had one year. That was very, very Turbot. nice. Turbot. <laughs> it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because some people don't really like turkey. I really don't like Brussels sprouts. But you have to have some elements of... A traditional Christmas lunch. You can't just ditch the whole lot. Otherwise, it's no longer Christmas lunch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I love everything, mate. Bang it all up. Yeah. Um, oh, you miss turkey. out on pigs in blankets as well, don't you? Oh, yeah, but I see the pleasure others take from pigs in blankets. <laughs> Have you seen the ones that are like a giant wheel of pigs in blankets? Rather than like a little individual one. Imagine like a non-moving Catherine wheel, which is like a giant pig and a giant endless rotating blanket. Hey. <laughs> I can't imagine picture that. Like, imagine like a spiral so right. the, the, the pig in blanket starts in the middle and oh yeah like ah uh, okay I'm with you now yeah there's sausages that are like that isn't it maybe right? yeah yeah and then they just it put looks the bacon spectacular right but the yeah. issue is then you almost have to have a, like a a slice like a triangular shaped slice of pigs in blanket pink pigs in blanket pizza it is a little bit yeah oh, nice might have to look into that, Tom. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a bit of everything. We have we have beef as well because um doesn't like turkey, so bang it all on. Um, and yeah, away you go. Cheese and stuff. Do you have cheese afterwards, oh, like in the you. evening? I think you've got to because you're so full, but you feel like you should eat something. So you need yeah. something that's, that's big on taste and mouthfeel, but low on gut space. Exactly, yeah. A bit of port. Do you have port? You've got to have port with that. I like a port, like a liqueur. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's when like you're playing the games, isn't it? When you've got that's the port it. games come out. <laughs> get on the port and cheese. Oh, lovely. <laughs> you've got to maintain a level, haven't you, after a certain point with the booze, where it's just a very fine line, where no one wants you playing that board game where you're shouting at, uh, at Beth, at mother-in-law Beth. But, you know, you've got to have some energy so you can compete with Beth, so you don't need to be sober. Exactly, yeah. And, well, to be honest, Beth's the worst board game player I've ever come across. So that's, that's fine. But um, there's been times when I've woken up and I've still had my uh, Christmas lunch uh, cracker hat on. Uh, what's it called? You know, the crown thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've had some big ones. I tell you, when my mum woke up in the morning as well and the Christmas pudding was still in the oven. <laughs> You're still cooking. That was a big Christmas. I think the oven was off, but the Christmas pudding was just in there. Oh, right, yeah, we didn't have that. Have it for breakfast. That's the cocktails for you at half ten. <laughs> now, today is a little cheeky bonus episode, so why don't you introduce this one? Yes, yeah, so this is with Anthony Shriver, CEO and founder of Best Buddies, um, which is a charity that I rode with for, well, it was about four or five days actually over in LA. Yeah, it's the first time I'd um, I've done anything with them, but they've been working with cyclists for a long time. It's one of their main ways of, well, generating some cash for the charity. So Froomey's done quite a bit with them in the past. Cam Worth, um, 
which is the main reason I sort of got introduced to them. And um, yeah, it was a great couple of days riding around and, you know, doing it all for charity as well makes it a lot easier. Uh, but yeah, top, really interesting guy actually. He's got a, well, he's a great nephew of JFK. Whoa. Yeah, which afterwards I was like, why didn't I go on about more like that, asking more questions about that? We, we didn't really go into that in too much detail, but um, lots of members of his family are pretty well known and done some pretty cool stuff. So um, yeah, um, a nice bonus pod for everyone uh, around Christmas. Lovely, let's have a listen. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Here at Mindset Win, we want to give you the tools to become better at what you do. Taking inspiration and wisdom from our guests, we will hear stories, strategies, tips and tricks. Told by leading names in sport and beyond. Who know what it takes to get to the very top. There will be two episodes each week packed with amazing stories and practical takeaways for us all to follow. Search for Mindset Win on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. So today we've got a special bonus for our GTCC listeners. We're here in Westlake for Best Buddies Breakaway Camp, and I'm joined by the founder, chairman, and CEO of Best Buddies, Anthony Shriver. Yes, sir. Thanks for coming on. My pleasure. I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, it's my very first Best Buddies event, and um, <laughs> I heard a lot about it from Cam, and uh, obviously through me, uh, Magnus Sheffield does some, Tom Pigcock. Yeah. So cycling's a big part of it yeah huge huge um yeah why why cycling for a start it's uh well you know i love it so okay. uh, it's always good to go with what your passion is uh you know the, the history of it is you know i used to my mother was quite ill when i was a kid so we always rode on a bike on a tandem bike okay and two persons and you know i always I would tow her along behind me and uh when i had this kind of concept for best buddies originally in cycling i thought we would do a cycling event that all had tandem bikes in it yeah um sort of you know it exemplifies everything that we do supporting people with intellectual development disabilities sort of helping them you know move along and on a tandem bike you can kind of tow them along yeah. and have them participate so we began with all these tandem races and we put celebrities on bikes with people with intellectual disabilities tom brady and the great i want the guy with carl lewis so tom brady wrote a tandem he rode a tandem, we used to have a tandem race. Because well, uh, he's, he's big as well, right? He's big, he's 6'4". Yeah, 6'4", yeah, and uh, makes me look short, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, that's like 190-something in, in European money, so yeah. that's tall. Man. Yeah. He's really tall when he stands on his wallet, too. So that, <laughs> that makes a big difference. But yeah, so it sort of started with that, and then it, uh, you know, I grew up jumping on my own bike, and you know, I, I thought it would be a great way to bring in a whole new network of supporters and, mm. you know, the camaraderie about cycling, as you know, is incredible. The social aspect of cycling is incredible. We thought yeah. it would be a great way for us to raise money and awareness. And 
showcase the talents of people with intellectual disabilities in a different way. Yeah. Get them on a bike, show them that they can ride a hundred miles. They can give a great speech at our big after party. Mm -hmm. You know, it's become a multi, multi million dollar event for us. We raised hundreds of billions of dollars in the cycling world, literally. Just with Tom Brady, we've, we probably generated a hundred million dollars with our event alone in Boston. That's unreal. Huh? Yeah. So we've, uh, you know, we continue on an annual basis to probably generate 15, 20 million dollars in cycling. Mm. Uh, you know, we raise almost a hundred million dollars a year now, yeah. but cycling, you know, it was a good, you know, 10, 15, 20% of the business. And it's a great way to, you know, cultivate, you know, there's a whole network of, you know, really strong, smart CEOs that are passionate about cycling. Mm. Uh, so, you know, when you get someone on a bike and you start talking to them, it's very different than pitching them to get involved with going to their office. Yeah. So yeah. it changes the game entirely. And, you know, you ride, as you know, you ride a bike with someone for a couple of hours and they almost can be your best friend. Yeah. You know, so I, it's, it's just been so great for us on so many different levels. And uh, it also obviously, you know, goes back to something I love doing. So it's, it's a great way to build a business and do something you love. Yeah. So for people that don't know, you've already touched on it a bit, but Best Buddies was, well, why did you set it up to start with? And uh, yeah, yeah, well, all of it. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, you know, as some of your listeners may know, you know, Special Olympics is an organization my mother started in the 60s. Special Olympics is in 150 countries now all over the world. They sort of serve four or five million athletes a year. Oh, did so, you realize them stopped? Yeah, she started. Yeah. Now, backyard, I grew up on a farm and she used to bring in bus in on school buses people with intellectual disabilities and we did track and field in our, on our lawn. We did a swimming program in our pool and she had a whole network of athletic activities for people with special needs mm. uh, in the sixties. Uh, I also had an aunt named Rosemary Kennedy, president Kennedy's sister, uh, who I was very close to, had a great friendship with and learned yeah. a lot from her. And she used to come live with me for two months a year in Florida when she was alive. And it's one of the reasons President Kennedy was so passionate about people with intellectual disabilities. It's the first president to ever have a, a child with Down syndrome into the White House. Uh, you know, he created the President's Committee on Intellectual Development Disabilities in the 60s when he became president to, to focus on research and care for people with intellectual disabilities. So, you know, with the combination of Special Olympics, you know, my Aunt Rosemary I had a great relationship with. You know, my family's been super passionate about this issue for a long time. And I thought, you know, there's a big void for getting young people involved in service. And I really thought that if I did it well at college, it, you know, kind of transform people's college experience and create a whole different culture of types of people that are graduating from college if they are giving back and they're serving. Mm. Um, and they're focusing on this particular population and stick with you, stick with them for the rest of their lives. Yeah, yeah. so it's basically trying to get, um, you know, a normal, so to speak, life almost, you know, like a social life. A yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, creating friendships for them, you know, yeah. you know, where, where do we go if we don't have any friends? You know, it's, it creates a whole social network for them. Mm. So we have that program. It's called Best Buddies, our friendship program. We're in about 3,000 schools creating mentoring relationships. Then we have a housing program where they live in integrated housing um, facilities. Uh, we have an incredible jobs program. We find good, solid, competitive jobs in the community. Mm. Um, you know, if you don't have a job, it's pretty hard to live. You got a job, yeah. you ride your bike. I have a job, I ride best buddies. Yeah. You know, it's if you don't have a way to earn income, pay taxes, mm. and a place to go, uh, it's pretty hard to feel good about yourself and have yeah. a good quality life. So I think employment is the sort of big frontier for us right now. The unemployment rate for people with intellectual disabilities is about 84% in the United States, higher when you get out of the United States. Mm. So it's really a huge issue. 
And when we have success in the job space, it's, you know, transformative for another, for a person's life. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, we had the buddy here last night and he's got a job with Lululemon. He goes there every day. You know, he has something to do. He need a reason to wake up, get out of the house, put on a jacket, put on a tie, you know, yeah. show up, be there. So the jobs program is great. And then we have a whole leadership program. Where we train them to become self-advocates and speak for themselves, give speeches, you know, present. I think it's so key to be able to present to, you know, the general population that people with intellectual disabilities have real talent and ability. Yeah. And with the right support, if we are able to, through Best Buddies, support them, they can realize their full potential. They can get a job. They can fall in love. We have people now in Best Buddies that get married. They have children. Mm. They live independently. You know, they have a whole network of friends. You know, they drive their own cars, some of them. So, you know, the, the potential is enormous with the right support. You know, I don't know anybody that's successful starting with me or I'm sure you've had some mentors along the way, great social network, people mm -hmm. giving you opportunity um, that if you didn't have that, you wouldn't be where you are. You wouldn't have won a tour de France. You know, if you, if nobody does anything alone, right? Yeah, for sure. So people with intellectual yeah. disabilities certainly uh, can't do it alone. So. Yeah. yeah, it's great the work because, you know, last night was the first night at this camp one that, and um, as I say, my first best buddies and kind of went around the room and heard the stories of why people are here yeah. and some like a real personal connection, you know, at, like, you know, learning difficult difficulties in the family or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from my side, I was just like, yeah, it's great to sort of, I said, you know, once you have a kid to kind of, I don't know, you, you realize there's more to life than just yeah. trying to win a bike race. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, it's great to, to support something like this. And, um, but yeah, but when you win a bike race, it gives you a lot of opportunity to do so many other things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It gives you a good yeah. platform and people, yeah. you know, just our culture, our country, or the world really, you know, if you have success in those arenas, it gives you so many opportunities to have impact and influence. Mm. And so many people don't use that in a, in a valuable, important way. So yeah, it's nice that you, you know, take the time and you have the interest to use your platform in a positive way to contribute mm. back to society. There's many people, you know, make a lot of money or they win a lot of medals or whatever they do and they don't do anything with it so it's yeah. a waste of a gift from god right yeah for so sure it's nice that you have the recognition and understanding yeah. how to do something with what your talent is yeah so, so how did tom brady get into it then that's crazy like 100 million yeah well you know he got in you know over 20 years ago and he just was getting started in new england yeah we got him engaged in the early days he actually rode a bike in those days the 100 mile ride we also have a 20 mile ride he rode mm -hmm. the 20 mile ride and then he did the uh, the tandem races every year yeah it was good so he you know he got involved with that and started doing the tandem and then he became the chairman of the event and we did a we launched a started a football game at harvard stadium and he became the permanent quarterback yeah so cam was telling me about this yeah so it was awesome. how does that work people just paid to play paid to yeah like full so, on full on match like yeah so it was a 100 yard field tom would okay. be the quarterback on both sides we had a buddy on each team people would come in for a quarter piece yeah they would pay 25 to fifty thousand dollars to play yeah and you know they'd catch a f football from tom and it was exhilarating we would have like the whole you know pep talk in the locker room and they'd go in the yeah. locker room at harvard and he'd come in he'd bring a bunch of the other you know, Patriots to play too. So Kronkowski would come or yeah. Edelman would come and, you know, Wes Welker was a big receiver he had in those days. And yeah. we had a lot of great uh, New England Patriots player. Teddy Bruschi was big, he used to come. And so it was really fun and exciting. We used to get a bunch of people in the stands to watch and raise a ton of money, create a lot of media, 
got the buddies out there and showcasing their talent on the field. And yeah. He developed relationships with a lot of the participants. He got a buddy of his own that he kind of keeps in touch with. Mm. He's had for 20 plus years. Uh, so it's a great way to showcase, you know, like his talent and get him involved and get the public to see him in a really public way. So he would do that on Friday and then Saturday would be the ride and he'd come down and do the ride and do the race. And we'd shoot some PSAs with him and then we threw out footballs. We used to have about 1,500 people under a tent yeah. and sign the balls and throw them out and we'd raise $1,000 off each ball. Wow. And we just did it last week in Miami, threw it out. It was a full gala. But, you know, it's, it's, it gets pretty crazy. You know, a lot of people drop the ball and then the ball hits the table and glasses fall all over the place. <laughs> so it's a little risky and the wine goes all over the place. Yeah. But it's hilarious. And sometimes when that happens, yeah, I have a hard time not laughing myself. <laughs> Tom kind of looks at yeah. me and kind of laughs a little bit himself too because yeah. it's, uh, it creates a lot of action. But, you know, it's like a frenzy. People want the ball. We play loud music. We start throwing them all over the place. Yeah. He can, when he throws it far, it's really coming fast. Oh, I can imagine. And yeah. most people drop it. Well, if you end up coming to Wales, we do that, but with rugby instead. Yeah, rugby balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We'll have a little game. I'll get George. You know, <laughs> he's a good mate of mine. He's like, he's not quite Brady standard, but he's big. Yeah. He's quick. And, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because rugby is the big sport in Wales, right? Yeah. Yeah, those yeah. guys are so tough. Yeah. There's no pattern in that sport. Yeah, wow. I played a little bit. I went to Brown University in the United States before I went to Georgetown and played rugby for a little while. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's a really tough sport. Yeah. Wow. Hitting and the, the injuries are just not really Yeah, I, I played in school till I was about 13, did. 14. Yeah. And then everyone started growing and I was like winning a bit of money on the weekend racing my bike. I was like, on the bike. I'm going to go on the bike. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, no. That was a good group we got here. Yeah, I think some of them are super fit, right? Yeah. Strong, yeah. some of them. Yeah, a lot from like Miami way as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, Miami, Boston. We got a couple from New York. Yeah. And, you know, a lot. some of them are, you know, super successful, really, you know, big. And like one, that one guy's the CEO of Wells Fargo, one mm -hmm. of the biggest banks in the United States. And, yeah. You know, we've got some people that are, you know, really successful in your space, which is what I, in, in their space, which is why I was saying, you know, this sport really attracts people often because, you know, if you're, if you're going to be out there grinding for, you know, three, four hours and you're doing it during the week, you got to wake up early. I mean, people that are waking up early, working out early, yeah. you know, those people are usually successful and, you know, they're not people that are like sleeping in and you know, yeah. lazy, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it kind of goes together. I think the people that cycle and they cycle consistently, they're usually pretty successful. Yeah, I find, and people that are getting up and getting after it, you know, five, six o'clock in the morning, you know, they usually carries over in their business life. Mm. So it's a great way to attract those kinds of people and get them to do more. I struggle to get up at five or six in the morning. Though. You struggle, yeah. yeah. You guys on the train at like 10, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but well, since coming over here, though, with the jet lag, it's quite easy to get the rhythm of getting up to ride or seven. Or yeah, something. yeah. That's Good. okay. Time change. Yeah. We've had a lot of like celebs over the years as well, helping participate. Right? Yeah. We've yeah. had an incredible collection. We've been really lucky. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady's a, you know, big one, but you know, we've had, I mean, Carl Lewis is one of the great, at least for the United States, he's probably the yeah. biggest Olympic athlete in track and field we've ever had. He won nine gold medals. Mm. He's been involved longer than Brady, 30 plus years. Yeah. Um, but we've had, you know, on and on Muhammad Ali was really involved when he was alive. Yeah. We've had, you know, countless basketball celebs and stars. Bill Chamberlain used to come to a lot of our events. Yeah. And he's one of the great basketball players of all time. Bill Russell was around in the early days. We put a lot of them, you know, countless other football players participate. We've had 
you know, huge movie stars over the years who participated. Uh, what would they play the football or would they? No, they would, you know, I think that we would try to get them to do things that kind of connected with things that they had interests in. Yeah. So I think, you know, a lot of them, you know, whether it was an NBA guy, we would try to do a basketball game. Kyrie Irving was, had been involved a lot. He, he plays now for the Dallas Mavericks and he's, you know, the number one draft pick a few years ago. So we did a basketball thing with him. So, you know, the movie stars just show up because everybody would get excited if the movie star is big enough. Or yeah. we, you know, we've done, um, you know, movie premieres with some of them. They'd have a great movie and we'd do a party around the opening of their movie and we'd raise okay. money through that. You know, we did a couple of my uh, brother-in-law, Arnold Schwarzenegger, a past brother-in-law. We, you know, he obviously was a huge movie star. We used to do stuff around with him. He came to our ride one year and rode. Okay. He was governor of California. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that created a lot of attention. How does he ride? He's he's a bit not well. big now. Not well. Yeah. Brown deer. Yeah, not well at all. <laughs> <laughs> On a hybrid bike and very slow. <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, but you know, we've just gotten a, we've been lucky, you know, to get a lot of attention from a lot of different people. And uh, the fifty cent do something with you as well. He performed last year for us in Hyatt Sport. At that event, for oh, a show, a concert, it's quite a, quite a show, quite a scene. Uh, he's a unique guy, that's for sure. But he's got a lot of hits, and I think, you know, it creates a lot. I mean, I think what we try to do with Best Buddies is always create value for people that come so they feel like they're getting something in return. It's not yeah. always a one-way street. We're asking, 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 help, 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 help. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm really big on trying to, yeah, we want your support, but we want you to have an experience. We want you to have value. We want you to feel great. And we want you to have an experience you remember and you want to come back for. So it's like the camp, you know, trying to create mm. an experience here that not only helps best buddies, but, you know, gives you an incredible cycling experience. So they can ride with like a guy like you that's mm. got a great reputation and has won the Tour de France. And, you know, and they can help best buddies, but they get great food and they get great SAG support and, yeah. you know, they get massages and they get the boots and the legs and, you know, they, you know, it's like, you know, creating a five-star experience for people. So they want to come back, they want to do more and they, they're yeah. invested and they don't think we're always taking and always asking that it's a, you know, we're, it's a mutually beneficial experience. I think those are the ones that last, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. if it's always just a, for us, it doesn't last. Somebody might help for one year or do something on a one-off, but I think, you know, the, the key to the success is it's, it's got to be a win-win for everybody. And I think you yeah, know, that's really our, our motivation. And I think that's why we've been able to keep a lot of the celebrities, you know, keeping Tom Brady through his whole career for 20 plus years mm -hmm. has been, you know, you know, really a huge accomplishment for the organization. Well, I got to say at that stop today, I'd come back just for those chicken burritos. You and everybody else, right? They're, yeah. they're a home run, right? So like um, basically for the people back home, it was basically um, instead of rice cakes, you had, it was like a chicken and avocado or bean burrito one black beans yeah chicken. like little bite sized things those little ones right at the rest stops at the rest stops yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then what else was there there was like a blueberry pie there yeah. oh, I and then we had that. the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah yeah. yeah oh yeah the rice cakes were probably the least tasty of everything yeah i was gonna take a picture send it to my swanee back home yeah Michael, totally but, get it together mate, this is what we need in it so <laughs> <laughs> step up but, his game yeah 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 you know we try to make it first class i don't mm. know what they're like on the at other camps you've been to or i mean you guys must really do it first class at your training camps right yeah the nutrition must be great yeah but as i say it's a lot more sort of it's fuel rather than tasting goods and fuel you know oh, what i mean yeah. it's more just like right it's efficient it does taste all right but 
it's nothing like what we have here. Yeah, really. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then when you're doing the races, it's, they do mix it up. They make a lot of different flavored rice cakes, but, you know, apricot or strawberry or... But it's all rice cakes? Yeah, mainly. Yeah. Maybe a panini. So, but yeah, I the, rice, the rice cakes are that nutritional for when you're racing? I think just because they're so plain and basic, so it's easy to digest. Um, yeah, and they get a lot of carbs for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So now these days, it's the biggest change. We've said it numerous times. It's the biggest change uh, in cycling for us, like the nutritional side. Like even three years ago, it was all like low carb and a lot of protein. You know, you have a two egg omelet and you do six hours on a bottle of protein. Like me and Froomey, you used to just be, yeah, it'd be a little competition really. Who could go the longest without eating a carb, you know? Why wouldn't it? That makes the sense. The thinking was of just, um, you'd make your body more efficient and burning fat and protein for energy. So then when it comes to the end of the bike race, when you need the carbohydrate, like the explosiveness, you burn that then. So you kind of save your stores for then. So you'd be basically trying to make it as efficient as possible, but... Yeah, that was the thinking then, but now it's obviously changed. Like now racing is so much more intense all the way through that, you know, you, you need carbs. You can't do that, basically. Um, so now so it's gone from nothing to 120 grams an hour. You know, carbs. Yeah, yeah, on big, big days. You know, that's where you try to fuel. That's where you need to train the gut for and stuff. So, uh, wow. And you get that all through rice cakes? Uh, no. Rice cakes? So a lot of gels, a lot of, you get a lot, a lot of, of drinks, you know, 20 or 40 grams in a drink. Yeah. Um, but you got to train your gut for those, right? Oh, yeah. yeah otherwise, yeah. it makes you sick, you mean? Yeah. But you get to stop when you want to go to the bathroom on the tour, don't you? Yeah. You tend to, like, you have a... a um, the start of the race is kind of the race for the breakaway. It can be go from the first attack or it can go after an hour. But then, basically, once that breakaway is gone, it's a kind of a unwritten rule that that's when you have your pee stop. But even now, with the kids... And when the, the breakaway time, goes... Yeah. What about the guys in the breakaway? What do they do? Tough luck here in the breakaway. Just and you can't go. No, you, you can kind of go try and go on the move once you've got a good gap. So you've got four minutes or something. You can try and go on a descent, like do it off the bike as you're moving. Uh, like Tour de France, are there people everywhere? Yeah, that's the problem. I've got to find so much for just weeing. And, and for going to the bathroom? Yeah, in public. So you go past someone and they kind of see you having a leak. Yeah. Um, I try and to do it. you get fined for that? Yeah. What do they uh, want you to do? Just hold it? Exactly. Can, can you speak to them for I will. Give me their number. <laughs> I can't hold it for 20 minutes, man. I, I'm going all the time. I yeah. don't even care when people see what I'm doing. Yeah, do you, you try and do it when there's nobody, but as yeah. you say, Tour de France are busy. And you're doing it on a little descent, you're thinking, I'm okay. You know, you, you get out. It's, it takes a couple of seconds to get going. <laughs> and then some, suddenly someone's there, like, oh, son, it'd be all right. And then, yeah, get a fine that <laughs> evening. But uh, how much is the fine? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it's not crazy. It's like in US, uh, US in Swiss francs, yeah. around sort of two hundred maybe. Yeah, um, I should know. I can find enough, but they take it out in prize money though. So oh, they, yeah. the whole team sort of suffers for me. Well, they reduce so. the, the the prize money for the team. Yeah, yeah. So mysterious stuff. But so what do you guys win now if you win the Tour de France? The team oh, four hundred fifty thousand for the win. Team? Yeah, also the individual. But that's not the winner. Yeah. Oh, but what about the team? Nothing. Nothing? Nothing. No. Well, only the winner gets it? Yeah. So then that gets taxed in France. Oh, wow. And then you get it. And then so you, you lose half of it. Pretty much. Then you give 20% to the staff that were at the race. And oh, then wow. 
And then there's eight of you that do the race. So then that splits between the eight of you. Oh, so the winner does split it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you give that. Yeah, so you, you end up like 30 or grand maybe. Wow. So yeah. winning the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah. You want to speak to, can you speak to them about that? Craziness. Yeah. Okay. The people, that, the people that own it must get, they get all the money. Yeah. Yeah. The way cycling set up is, it's crazy, right? You've got the organizers. So ASO organizers. They're making all the money. Right? Yeah. Then you've got the governing body. Then you've got the teams. And then you've got the riders. We were like at the bottom, you know? No. We have no say, even though we're the ones taking the risk or doing anything. But that side of things is slowly getting better, but it's, it's so backwards, this sport. Yeah. So that's so little money. But yeah. Hey, I'll get you his number. Yeah. ASO guy, and yeah. UCI guy. I can solve that for you very easily. Yeah. <laughs> Send them some Coca-Cola or something. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say Pam Radio to negotiate it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The NFL guys now hit the, uh, his equivalent where they make $55 million a year. That's insane, isn't it? No wonder they only do it for a few years. The, the, well, apart from well, the about, quarterbacks do it a long time. Yeah, yeah. And they make big money now. What was Mahomes guy? Didn't he sign like some of this guy has stench too? I mean, his original deal, I think, was 250 million. And then he just signed an extension last year. I think he's making 50 million a year now. That's unreal, isn't it? Yeah. Fair play to him. Well, thanks for the chat, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for coming, man. You've been awesome and uh Congrats on all your success. You and hopefully you'll keep going in the future. Mm. Well, and good luck with best buddies. Hopefully we'll get the name out there. We'll do some yeah. events in Wales. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. Riding the rain. Yeah, riding the rain and then have a rugby match. Yeah, quality. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Start training now. Yeah. Nice one. Appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Network, a place where you belong.